Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome everyone to God Squad Church. It's an amazing to say to see at least half of your beautiful faces. And the rest of you online, welcome, welcome. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Pastor Susie, and I have the immense honor to be the founder and pastor here at God Squad Church. And today is a very, very special day, actually not just for our church, but for Twitch as a whole. How many of y'all know that today's actually GlitchCon, okay? I'm not going to lie, I love the name, okay? They took TwitchCon, which was canceled, and they named it, named it GlitchCon, an online-only festival convention happening today. There's tournaments, guest speakers, all this kind of crazy stuff. And I don't know if you guys saw on social media, but Twitch sent some of the biggest streamers on the planet these, like, literally, they call them relaxation pods, Okay. They are these literally utility trailers that they hired someone to drive from, I don't know how far across the country, to all the biggest streamers' houses, drop them off in their driveway, and when you get inside of them, they are literally a dream utility trailer. You walk inside, there's like plush carpet, beanbags, Wi-Fi installed of it. There's like purple lights, Twitch logos, and it's like this ultimate VIP experience. I don't, has anyone seen this? It blows my mind. I just started seeing it this morning. Otherwise, I would have had a picture prepared for on the screen. Blew my mind. Literally, Ninja got his own bus. They drove. I don't know who drove it. They must have paid a guy to drive this bus. Somebody prepared it in advance, and they just dropped them off in the driveways. Just dropped them off this ultimate VIP experience. And obviously, when it comes to Twitch and the entertainment industry and the business world, right, those things are cool, right? These VIP experiences, it's a pretty humbling experience that when I get to go to TwitchCon as a partner, there's like a VIP partner lounge. And in those scenarios, those things are appropriate, those things are fine, but those things are not acceptable in the church. The Bible tells us that we need to serve and we need to do what is called honor one another. And what happens is that mindset of these VIPs, these Twitch partners, these really famous, important people, if we're not careful as a church for gamers on Twitch, that same mindset translates into the church. And it translates into, oh, well, the guy that's on screen, the guy that's on camera, he's obviously the most important. He should get his own VIP relaxation lounge, and he should get all this cool stuff, and everyone else is just beneath him. And let me tell you that in the church world, the Bible calls even the servants and the leaders to serve everybody else. And that's why once a year, we pause and we take time to give honor where honor is due. There is a culture that I want to break in our church every year that God Squad Church is not about the person who gets the most camera time. First and foremost, this church is about Jesus Christ. He is our King. He is our Lord. We are nothing apart from him. We can't do anything apart from him. But there are so many people that might not get too much camera time, but they play a behind-the-scenes role. And what we're going to do today, I'm calling it the Hour of Honor. We're going to take the entire message today to honor all of the incredible people, no matter what they do, whether they're on camera or they're fulfilling what some of you might consider a smaller role Today is all about giving honor where honor is due. I want to read one verse to you before we jump in the rest of our time. And there's really this principle comes from Romans 13, 7. Very, very simple. It says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe them taxes, then pay your taxes. Pay your taxes, people. That's the end of that rent. If revenue, then give them revenue. If you owe money, pay them back. If you owe them respect, then respect them. And if you owe them honor, then give them honor. 
one thing that I firmly, firmly believe is if you think something good about someone else, don't rob them by not saying it. There are so many people that are involved in serving this church in so many different ways, and they deserve honor. Every single person that contributes in any way, shape, or form, they might never be on camera. You might never see their face. You might never hear their voice. Actually, you probably will never see a lot of people's faces, but it doesn't matter what they do. Every single person is worthy of honor for the work that you do. And so today, I want to take an immense opportunity to say thank you and to give honor to everyone else. I, I really am so blessed that every single day, so many of you in person, so many of you online, whether it's through the church and Discord in my personal stream, so many people every single day take time to thank me for what I do. And, and, I'm, and I'm honored by it. I do think that what I do is important. I'm not minimizing what I do, but I get honor every day. Every day on stream, and if I'm not streaming, people are tweeting at me, Discord messaging me, sending me emails. We just want to say thank you for what you do, and I am honored, honored. You have no idea how much that means to me. You have no idea how much it empowers me and keeps me going. But there are so many people who don't get the messages that I get. There are so many people who don't go on stream five hours a day and just have so many people come in and say, thank you for all that you do. And I get so much honor, and I'm grateful for it. And I think that it's biblically important for us to honor our pastors. But now it's my turn, my turn to, all, to honor all of you for all the hard work that you do, because together we're building the kingdom. The first group of people, friends, that I want to honor is, of course, our staff. And at this time, can I get the staff up on the stage? Will you give it up for them? Put the hype in the chat as they make their way up. Come on now. Look at these beautiful people. They are absolutely amazing. And at first glance, you might be like, yo, where's Mama Higgs? Where's Pastor Tammy at, okay? Some of y'all, some of y'all know that Pastor Tammy is actually continuing to further her biblical education. And so she is not here right now. But if you're watching this during second service, she'll be there during that time. So put some heart to the chat right now for Pastor Tammy. She's a next level legend. She is actually in school literally right now furthering her education, but she is no less important. We love her, we value her, but she will not be on the stage today, but we still incredibly love her. And what I wanna do, okay, I'm gonna put y'all on the spot. Y'all ready for your moment? <laughs> and what I'm actually gonna do one by one is we're gonna go through all the areas of how people serve in the church. We're gonna go through our staff, we're gonna go through our volunteers, people that help in person, people that serve online, and it's going to be my opportunity to not just talk about honor, but to model honor. As followers of Jesus, we don't just want to talk about the Bible. We want to live out what it looks like with our lives. Time to put our money where our mouth is. Being a follower of Jesus is not just knowing a bunch of stuff. It's not just behavior modification. It's heart transformation. And so are we actually living out what the Bible teaches us? And today I want to model for us the opportunity to give honor. And Beth, I'm starting with you. Okay, some of you guys might not know Beth too well because she doesn't get too much camera time. She's not on camera too much. She ate a lot of nasty stuff during a Waymaker week, but she does not get a lot of camera time. And I want to tell you that Beth is an incredibly vital member of our team. She is the youngest member of our team, but the Bible says do not look down upon people because of their age. Just because someone doesn't have maybe the most age doesn't mean that they don't have wisdom doesn't mean that they don't have character, doesn't mean that they don't have integrity, and Beth has been an incredibly vital part of our team, and Beth, if I had one word to describe you, it would be servant. Beth and I have had many, many conversations 
about servanthood. I talked a little bit ago, Beth, about this VIP mindset that Twitch has and partners have, and you get these cool lounges, and everyone always wants to be at the top. Everyone just wants to be the best. They want to get the most recognition, but one of the things that I love about Beth so much is Beth really has no care in the world for being at the top. Beth has no care in the world for getting the most recognition. She has no care in the world for getting the most camera time. She just wants to serve. We've had conversations that you think Christianity and servanthood are synonymous. Like, how can you be a Christian and not serve? How, how can you have your life changed by the power of God and not want to give back? And Beth is one of a kind. Beth is on staff here at God Squad Church, and she gets paid to work five hours a week. And on top of that, she volunteers another 17 hours a week. Beth is a senior in high school, works alongside Amanda and the rest of our staff. I don't know about you, but I was in high school. I, first of all, I didn't even have a job. <laughs> and second of all, I was not volunteering my gifts and my time 17 additional hours a week. You, you don't get to see it. It's behind the scenes. You don't get to see the meetings that she's in. You don't get to see the, the decisions that she gets to be a part of. You don't get to see the hard work that she does. All you see is just me on camera. But you don't know that if Beth wasn't doing what she's doing, what we do wouldn't function. It wouldn't work. And Beth, I, I, I'm inspired by you, by your heart to be a servant. And, and honestly, you give me a regular heart check of servanthood, of reminding myself that just because I get to be on camera doesn't mean that it's all about being on camera. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for your heart. You have untapped potential. At your age, to see you being used by God doing the things that you're doing, God, he, he, he's just getting started with what he's going to do in your life. And so I'm proud of you, Beth. We love you. And today we honor you. Will you put your hands together for Beth and put some hype in the chat right now? Absolutely incredible. Friends, up next, we have the legendary Unworthy Seraph. Now, Unworthy Seraph, man, he... He just blows my mind in so many ways I'm going to share with you. But you might not know that Unworthy Seraph is actually one of the longest full-time members of our church. Now, Pastor Boz and, and my wife Amanda are all, and Pastor Tammy are also full-time in the church. But Unworthy Seraph, for several years, I, I actually think maybe even before Amanda was working full-time for the church. Now, that's kind of crazy when you think about it that way. And Unworthy Seraph, for years, has been serving this church with excellence and sacrifice. And, and I thought long and hard about you. Because all of you are so many things. So trying to pick up one word to think about all of you, I, it, it was tough. And, I, and I'm a man of good words, right? But like, it was tough. But for Seraph, I had to talk about obedience. Seraph, when I think about you and, and the journeys that you might not know about and the things that I won't share, because obviously they're personal and private, but the decisions that Seraph has made in his life, the things that he's had to believe God for, the things that at times didn't make any sense. <laughs> we, we know what I'm talking about. You might not. But the things that you've had to do that, that didn't make any sense, but you knew God was telling you to do them. That's one of the most crucial things. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God rathers obedience over sacrifice. So many people think that God just wants us to work hard. Actually, God just wants you to do what he says. God just wants you to say, hey, when I say jump, you say how high. And, and I value it so much because me and Amanda do our best to live our lives that way. 
When we graduated college, we had job offers to work at churches for good money and, and our own housing and all these opportunities. But God said, no, I want you to move to Connecticut and live in the middle of nowhere and sleep on this dude's couch and serve this church for free and go work at McDonald's or something. And so we did. But we know firsthand how, one, it looks insane to everybody else <laughs> and how difficult it is to be obedient to the Lord. But it's better than sacrifice. And when I see someone with your heart, Seraph, there is nothing that God can't do through you because you'll always say yes. There, there are amazing things that God wants to do in so many people's lives. Most of us, we say no. We're like, why isn't God doing something great? He wants to, but you keep shutting him down. God's like, I want to do this in your life. And you're like, nah, it's, it's too big for me. I'm not qualified, whatever it might be. But Seraph, your heart to say yes, that honors God. It inspires people, and it blesses me. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for the time I've had to be around you, to learn from you, to be inspired by you, and I love you. I'm grateful for you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, will you give it up for everyone with you, Seraph? And can we put some hearts in the chat to give honor where honor is due? Up next, she's not here, but I am going to talk about Pastor Tammy, Mama Higgs. Like I said, right now, she is not here. She is in class as we speak. Well, maybe it's over by this point, but she couldn't be here right now. And she is furthering her education. And when I think about Pastor Tammy, literally the word that comes to mind, maybe y'all will agree, humility. She is one of the most humble people that I've ever, ever met, but she's also one of the most competent people that I've ever met. Her heart to just navigate through compassion and loving and serving people, it, 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 blows, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. People give me a lot of credit. It's like, wow, so you're good on camera. Great, but that's not like, that doesn't solve everything. <laughs> it doesn't help really all that much except make the stream and production look great. But when it comes to dealing with people, loving them, I mean, she's had practice on her six children, but the nurturing heart that she has, no matter what, is, it blows my mind. And it humbles me to be around people like Pastor Tammy. Her humility of her willingness to be used by God no matter what, it, it's encouraging, it's inspiring, and it's, it's convicting. It's convicting for me to be around humble people like Pastor Tammy, who even though they're qualified of so much, they don't think that they are. They don't think that they are. And, and you talk to these kind of people and you're like, what, what do you mean you, you don't think that you're qualified? I don't think I'm qualified being around people like you. But she just, she just radiates humility. She never comes off as someone who knows it all. She's always someone that comes off gentle, meek, and humble, even with all the abilities that she has. And her ability to lead children's ministry, you haven't all actually seen it fully in action yet. Because our physical location is obviously doing this because of COVID, right? But you haven't seen it. But, but Amanda and I, and obviously her children, have seen it. It's, it's on another level. When you put her in front of children and her way to articulate the Bible, which is very complicated, <laughs> to children is incredibly profound. And someone of her caliber, you would think is someone that would feel like they know it all. But she remains so humble. And Pastor Tammy, I know that you're not here, but during second service you'll be watching this. And we want you to know that we're inspired by your humility. For me personally, you keep me grounded. 
the higher that God brings our church and the more that God elevates me and personal successes in my life, I'm glad that he put me around people like you to remember to keep me grounded, to remember to keep me humble. And at this moment, I think every single one of us, we need to show honor and love to Pastor Tammy for all that she does. Will you give it up for Pastor Tammy? Two more we got to go through, and then we're going to get to our amazing volunteers. And of course, we have the amazing Pastor Boz. Pastor Boz has also been with our church and our staff since before day one. You guys don't know this, but literally Unworthy Seraph and Pastor Boz sat on a team of people that were all volunteer, including myself, when we just started thinking about what would it look like to have a church for gamers? What would it look like if this crazy idea that we feel God wants us to do, what would it look like if we actually did it? <laughs> what would it be like? What would it look like and what's the impact that we could have? And, and his role has changed so much as he's continued to grow in his gifts and us learning what our organization, our church even looks like. But if I have one word, right to think about you, steadfast. And I'm not going to lie, I had to look up the word steadfast to see if I really understood it correctly. And I was right, I did. <laughs> but if you don't know what the word means, it means resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. You don't, you don't know the struggles personally with his health, with his wife's health, that they have gone through, that they, they still go through, all, all, almost on a weekly basis. It, it's almost a weekly call that I get from Pastor Boz that something has happened to him or to his wife and that we need to pray for and talk through. And Ray, I've met many people in my life, and I've met few people that are as steadfast as you. And I love the way the definition described it, resolutely unwavering. It doesn't mean that he doesn't hurt. He's a human being like the rest of us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't struggle. And it doesn't even mean that he doesn't have moments of thoughts about just giving it all up. What if I just quit? What if I just stopped doing what I'm doing? What if I just took the easy route? It doesn't mean that he doesn't even have those thoughts. It means that he has resolutely decided to un be unwavering. That although I might be blown over, I might even fall, but I'll get back up. And your commitment to the Lord is inspiring. Every time I think that my life is rough, I don't know if you like this or not, but I think about you. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm humbled, and I'm reminded that like the definition says, we have a duty, resolutely, dutifully unwavering. And you don't unwaver because you're a machine or some kind of robot that doesn't have emotions. You're unwavering because you know that you've been given a duty by God, a duty to love his people, to serve his people. And when I see you that's carrying so much of your own weight, then as someone who leads our community care team, pastoral care, then taking on the weight of other people and praying with them and talking with them, it's one that people don't, they don't get to see it. They don't get to know what goes on in your personal life. I do but many of you don't to an extent. And, and you don't know the conversations that he's having. You don't know the weight that he's carrying, but I do. I do. And I honor it. And I honor it. And I honor you for your sacrifice 
thank you for helping the rest of us understand what it means to be steadfast so that when we endure struggles in our lives, we have a role model of what it looks like to keep pushing, to keep fighting, to not quit, to not give in. And today, I think y'all need to join me in the chat and in the room and the giving Pastor Boz the honor that he's due. <laughs> Last but not least, we have my favorite. <laughs> I say this all the time. They tell pastors they shouldn't have a favorite. I have broken the rule because Amanda is definitely my favorite. She is my favorite, obviously, if you're just watching, because she is my wife. We don't just accidentally have the same last name. <laughs> and Amanda has been around since before any of this ever started, although when we did start all of this, she worked a different job. She was involved in something different because when I stopped working and pursuing our dream full-time, uh, she was putting food on the table. She was providing for our family while I did my best to follow God and build what I've built today. And what she has done for this church, you, you, you'll, you'll never know. You'll never know the sacrifices. You'll never know the things that she said yes to that a sane person probably would have said no to. When I said, hey, can I just quit my job and like try streaming and do all this stuff and we'll just eat ramen and peanut butter and, and fluff sandwiches. And I'm going to work 100 hours a week, so you're going to have to take care of all of the house responsibilities by yourself, not because you're a woman, but because I'm going to be working 24-7. Are you willing to do that? Sure. I can do that. I can do that. Can't do it forever. <laughs> but for the next few years, I can do that. And if I have one word to describe you, Amanda, foundational. Obviously, we understand that Jesus Christ is the foundation. He builds his church. He is our king. He is our cornerstone. But the word foundation means a support that keeps everything standing. It's beneath and oftentimes behind the scenes. And people need to understand that logically, all of this shouldn't exist because logically, you should have said no. When I came to you, with all the crazy dreams and faith that God had put on my heart, anyone with the proper amount of sanity would have said, no, this is never going to work. I'm not willing to do the sacrifices. I'm not willing to give up what you're asking me to give up so that we can build the kingdom of God. And you could have stopped the whole thing from ever existing. All you had to do was said no, and I wouldn't even have, I wouldn't even have fought her on it. So I'd have been like, yeah, she's, she's probably right. Like, sometimes my ideas are too crazy. And that's why I'm glad I have a team around me to keep me grounded. But she's foundational, not only because she's been apart from the very, very beginning, but she's our foundation till this day. There is so much that happens in the behind the scenes of this church that honestly, a lot of it that I'm actually not involved in. I know that everyone thinks that I probably have the final say on every little thing, and I'm involved in every little thing that I do, and I'm not. I do the things that God's called me to do, and Amanda is that foundational support that keeps the whole thing standing. Overseeing our staff, overseeing our organization, overseeing our church, overseeing our finances, overseeing our people. Everything that happens in the entire church, Amanda oversees. She is, of course, apart from Christ, the foundation of how all of this works. She has been, she is now, 
and you don't understand the, the weight of everything that, that she holds. You don't understand that before she had a amazing mods, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that she literally 24-7 was on her phone overseeing the Discord, keeping everyone safe, praying with people. She's laughing because she's like, I mean, I, like, we had to have conversations. The husband and wife like, I, I, I don't ever see you because like, oh, you're just doing this all day long because that's what it took to serve everyone. 3,500 people in a Discord while still building your team, while still building your mod squad, She's the foundation of what keeps it all together. She's the glue. She might not be on camera too much, but she's the glue. You, you don't know the wisdom. You don't get to hear it on a microphone, but it's the wisdom that she shares with the rest of the team, that she shares with the leaders, who then go out and share their wisdom that she's taught them with the rest of our church and our volunteers and our leaders. You don't, you don't get to see the behind the scenes. But without Amanda, the whole thing falls apart. Without her sacrifice from the very, very beginning, the whole thing falls apart. And you know, OG Nubs knows, you try to build a house without a foundation, it's over. It's over. The whole thing crumbles, the whole thing falls, and Amanda, not because you're my wife, but because God has used you to be the foundation of this church, this is why we have sustained, this is why we've built and this is why thousands of people have given their lives to follow Jesus. Because you not only said yes, but you decided to build with us. When you could have said no. There are many things and dreams that, that you've given up on instead to be with us. When you could have been doing something else that you at first wanted to do. And now you've grown to love. Amanda's not a gamer. She likes Zelda, but she's, she's not a gamer so to give up everything she's given up to do what she's done is massive sacrifice. And it is one that today I hope you'll join me in giving Amanda the honor that she is due. I want to read a passage of scripture before we move on to our volunteers that I'd like to read to the staff. Exodus 8, 13 to 23 says like this. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge, leader, representative of God to the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone, Moses, sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people, they come to me and they seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties, and I inform them of what God's decrees or his ways or his will in his destruction, his instruction. Moses' father-in-law replied to Moses, what, what you are doing is not good. And at first, we read this passage, we're like, but Moses is helping people. People are coming to him, he's giving them advice. Right? Churches didn't exactly exist back in those days, but if we were to put it in a proper context, Moses would have been the pastor. Moses would have been the one who was leading people, giving direction, shepherding them. Moses was the pastor, and people viewed him, loved him, and respected him in that way, even though technically the office of a pastor did not exist in the days of Moses. And his father-in-law sees this, and in verse 15, Moses continues, because he says, because the people come to me, 
They seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me and I decide between the parties and I inform them of God's decrees and instructions. But then his father-in-law, verse 17, says, what you're doing is not good. And it wasn't that what he was doing was not good. It's that he was doing it alone wasn't good. Verse 18, you and these people who come to you, you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load, he's talking to Moses, that Moses will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands that you do it, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Here we see Moses, who would have played the role as pastor over these people, over the Israelites, and we see his father-in-law says, you're doing a good thing in the wrong way because you're doing it all by yourself. This is too much for you. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who want your advice, who want your attention, who want your wisdom. And his father-in-law says, you will never be able to do this by yourself. The load is too heavy. It won't be able to be done. And when we first started, it is these people that God called to come alongside me so that we could build the kingdom together. And I think logically people understand that sure, one man can't do it all. But I need all of you to understand emotionally for me the moments where the weight is so heavy, where I just want to give it all up. The moments that it's so heavy that I just want to throw in the towel. And that if it wasn't for this staff and this team, that God is sovereignly ordained and chosen. You're not here by mistake. That God hand chose, out of all the billions of people on the planet, that God hand chose to sit in these seats, that if it was not for you, I would have crumbled under the weight by now. I, I wouldn't have been able to handle the load that God has helped me to carry through them. This church has survived, this church has thrived, not because of one man on camera, but because of the group of people that God is called to serve. And I can't personally thank you enough for the moments when you've encouraged me to keep on pushing, the moments when you've reminded me that God's got a calling in my life that I, I can't give up on, that you've reminded me why I keep on doing what I'm doing. You've reminded me that the sacrifice is all worth it. I love every single one of you so dearly. And no matter how long all of you will be with us here at the church, I will always cherish you as the ones who helped us build it from the ground up. That if it was not for this team, that we would have never accomplished all that God has called us to do. And I want you to look again at verse 21. He didn't just say pick people. His father-in-law didn't just say pick people. He said select 
capable people. Every single one of you are so much more capable than you realize. I know, Pastor Balls, we have conversations. Yeah, but I just don't feel like I'm qualified for the job. I just don't feel like, like, did God really pick the right person? I, I want all of you to know, and Pastor Tammy, who's watching online, that you're called of God, anointed of God, chosen by God, gifted by God, and you are capable because he has enabled you to do it. He has enabled you to build his kingdom. I know that we're all learning. We're all getting better. We're all getting older. All of us, I'm losing my hair, right? But at least we're doing it together. We're building the kingdom of God together. And none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't underestimate what God's put in your heart. Don't underestimate what God wants to do in the future in your life. The things that you know how to do and do right now, God might give you a whole new set of gifts and he might call you to do something completely different in our church. Don't settle where you're at. He's not done shaping you. He's not done molding you. He's not done growing you. He's not even close to done with building us, transforming us, shaping us. But don't allow yourself to think that you don't have what it takes because God has gifted you and you are capable. One more time, will we honor our staff today and honor them? Now what I want to do for the remainder of our time is I want to talk about all of you. And I wanted the staff to be on stage with me throughout this because I wanted you to know that this is our appreciation to you. There are so many people behind the scenes and physically behind the camera, Matty Ice, that play a massive, massive role in what we do. And in church life, and especially in the business world, I know that there's a mindset of there's the staff and then there's just everybody else. There's the staff who do like the big hard stuff and then there's just the people that, you know, stack chairs. There's just people that put a few things up. And first of all, if the staff's not willing to stack chairs, you better be looking for a new job, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because the Bible says, opposite of GlitchCon, we are called to serve, all of us. So the staff is not higher than you. The staff is not better than you. We might have a different job than you. Our job might be different, but our worth isn't. For every single person, no matter what you do, whether it's behind the camera, whether it's on the computer, whether it's fixing sound, whether it's designing thumbnails, or we're going to talk about all the teams, I need you to understand, you are not just a volunteer. You are a builder of the kingdom of God. You are not just a volunteer. It's not staff and volunteers. It's the people that get paid to work 40 hours a week versus the people that sacrifice their time. There's not anything different in terms of value, in terms of worth, in terms of importance. We are not better than volunteers. We just might have a different role than volunteers. And if even our staff isn't willing to sacrifice their time, then they're not qualified to be on the staff. We have a standard here at God Squad Church that the staff obviously works 40-hour weeks like most people do, 44, 5 hours a week. But then they're asked to volunteer an additional 6 hours a week. Why? Because it's not fair for the people that get paid to work for a church to only be there when they're getting paid. What about you who works 40 hours a week? And then on top of that, you show up to church for free and serve God. You volunteer at church because you're a Christian. Because you're a follower of Christ. So if our staff is only willing to serve the church when they're getting paid, they're looking for a new job. Because they're not qualified to be on our staff. 
They're not qualified to be a servant of God. So what we do is we ask our staff to do what volunteers do. That when you're tired, when you've worked a long week, when your kids have been keeping you up all night, when your brand new puppy's going to the bathroom in a place it shouldn't be, and you're up cleaning it up, and now you're coming to the church to serve, we do that too. No one's better than the other. And if we aren't willing to serve, then we're not will- that we're not, we shouldn't be qualified to lead. If we're not willing to serve, we're not qualified to lead. Every single one of us matters in the kingdom of God. You're not just a volunteer. You don't just do a small thing because you're only capable of small things. You're capable of greatness. You just might have a different job than we do. For whatever reason, God's called you to work in a different field than we do, but it doesn't make one better than the other. It's just different. Together, we're building the kingdom of God. Sure, as pastors, there might be things that we know how to do that you don't, but whatever you do for a living, I promise you, I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I can promise you, whatever you do for a living, I don't know how to do it. It doesn't make you better than me. And it doesn't even make me more spiritual than you. It doesn't make us more spiritual than you. We just have different jobs, but we all have the same calling to serve God and lead people who are far from Christ. You need to understand that literally church experts say that people make a decision in the first seven minutes of being in church if they're ever coming back again. Now, if you understand online, it's probably more like seven seconds. On Twitter, it's probably like seven seconds. I've been in the Discord for seven seconds, tuned in to twitch.tv Church for seven seconds. They're probably not even waiting a whole seven minutes. But whether it's seven minutes online, sorry, seven seconds online, seven minutes in person, I, I need you to understand that for most people, I haven't even gotten on the stage yet. I, I need you to understand the weight of that. Before people have made a decision whether they're coming back or not, I haven't stepped on the stage yet. For some people that show up on time, which means to show up early, Amanda hasn't even started singing yet. Some of the cool graphics haven't even popped up on screen yet. And so everything that we do helps build the kingdom of God when we all live our lives with excellence, and you do it. Whether you're here in person at a Melothian campus or you're online, everything matters. Hawk, when you tinkle with the soundboard on Twitch, I I am not just a pastor or a partnered streamer. I am a Twitch viewer. If I go into a stream and audio sucks, I'm out. <laughs> and I, I no grace. You get, you get four seconds. <laughs> you get four seconds to meet my standards of quality or I'm leaving. Some of y'all know it's true, okay? It sounds savage, but you're like, I do the same thing. <laughs> it's 2020, okay? We're, we're even moving away from 1080p. 1080p is barely good enough anymore, okay? Like, we're, we're moving up to the world of 4K. Hawk, I'm not going to listen to bad audio. I could be preaching the best sermon the world's ever heard, which I'm not that good. But even if I was, if the audio's all messed up, people leave. If the graphics are all messed up, techie, people leave. If the transitions are off, people remember that more than they remember my message. If when Matty is doing the camera, if I'm over here and, and he can't keep up, right? <laughs> he can't keep up, what happens? People leave. I need you to understand Everybody plays a part. Everybody plays a part. You're not just a volunteer. You just happen to have a different job. You just happen to have a different job. And I'm glad that God gave you a different job. Not because you're not qualified, 
to do what we do, but because if you didn't work where you work, who would reach those people? Mike, I don't, I don't interact with the people you work with every day. They're never going to hear the gospel from me, but they might hear from you. Hawk and Techie, I, I, I don't work where you work. People in the chat, I, I don't work where you work. All of our volunteers, I don't work where you work. And I probably don't want to work where you work because I happen to like what I do. But I won't interact with the people that you interact with. But just because we have different jobs doesn't mean we have different worth. You're not just a volunteer. You're a builder of the kingdom of God. All of us, together. And I'm going to showcase to you some of these amazing people that serve our team. There's going to be some pictures on the screen. I want you to know right now that we have amazing teams, like our events and devotional team. And you're going to see the name of every single person that volunteers here at God Squad Church. And the events team, I need you to understand their worth. That they do game nights on Tuesday nights and movie nights on Friday nights. And I'll tell you, it's hard picking family-friendly movies to show at church. Like, there's not many out there. It's hard to find games that a bunch of people can play. And people are like, why don't we play this game? We should play that game. Wait, why don't we try this game? Well, that game's free. That game's not free. It's difficult to do what they do. But I'll tell you, there are people that attend and they find true, genuine community. There are some people that might attend these events and decide they want to be a part of their church before they ever hear me preach. Because they're a part of the community. The most common phrase that people say on why they're coming back, it's not because Pastor Susie's sermons are great. It's not even because Amanda's songs are great. The most number one commonly used phrase as to why people come back is I just love the community. The community is so great. The people seem genuine and authentic, and they care, and they sacrifice. So I want you to know that people are deciding to join our church and be exposed to the story of Jesus before I ever come on the screen. It's not just about one VIP man on camera. It's about the family of God building the kingdom of God. And at these events, people get to get a feel of what we're really like before ever even attending a church service. Our devotional team, for the amazing people that help write devotionals. You don't know that the devotional team, Amanda can confirm, is one of our most viewed channels in our entire Discord. Also our most followed channel in the entire Discord. And these are devotionals that a team of people are helping write Monday through Friday. I think they get uploaded at like 6 o'clock in the morning by a bot that we'll talk about in a minute. And people are reading these and starting their days off with encouragement and learning God's word. And to the events team and the devotional team, I want to say thank you for what you do. I want to honor you. You might not get on camera. Your voice not, might not be heard, but what you do matters. Your face might not be seen, but your impact is felt. Thank you for building the kingdom of God. Next team I want to highlight, we've got our media and prayer teams. These are super important. I talked about this a second ago. In terms of media, if the media is bad, people are not clicking. People are not watching. Even when it comes down to the, simply our YouTube thumbnails, it's crazy, but even YouTube experts say that your thumbnail is actually more important than the content. <laughs> the thumbnail, the quality of the thumbnail is actually more important than the quality of my sermon. Insane. Because I could have the best sermon ever, but if the thumbnail is bad, people aren't clicking on it. They're not being exposed to the gospel. The media team, thank you for what you do. Thank you for using your specific gifts to build the kingdom of God. We see you. We honor you. You're not forgotten. The prayer team, if we don't have a church that prays, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. If we think we can build what we're building 
on content or humor or penguin suits or whatever. I don't know what we're doing. So many people in our church are hurting in need of support, in need of prayer, and prayer team, thank you for taking time out of your day, whether it's individually or together, to get together and pray and to ask God to move mightily and do miracles on behalf of our people. Your prayers might not be seen by us, but they're heard by God, and he honors you today, and we honor you as well. Next, we've got our mod squad and our community care team. The mod squad, I'm not going to lie, I, I probably wouldn't want to serve in the mod squad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, these, are, these are a whole new level of saints, okay? These are people with a special anointing and calling of God because the mod squad's no joke. I'm, I'm, I'm be real with you, okay? It's no joke. <laughs> you got 3,500 people, right? You got some Republicans, some Democrats, some all kinds of things all up in there, you know what I'm saying? And navigating through those kind of conversations is not exactly the easiest, we got people that come in that are trolls, that we love, but sometimes, unfortunately, we do need to protect the community and remove people. There are some people that come in, I mean, you wouldn't believe the stories. People coming in pretending to be Christians so they can teach our new believers false things. I mean, it's the internet. I mean, that's really, that's what it is. It's just the internet. It's the internet and the Mod Squad. You guys work so hard. And I know that at times, you're like how Amanda used to be, on your phone all the time, checking things keeping things safe, navigating conversations. A lot of times you're playing the role of a mediator. And I know that nobody sees it. And I know that at times when things are happening in the Discord and other people are going, why hasn't Ahmad fixed this yet? I know that that's frustrating. And if you do that, stop doing that. <laughs> but what you do, it's so vitally important. Literally, both of these teams you're seeing on the screen they're an extension of the shepherding of this church. They are helping us care for people, helping us love people. And we don't just see your role in the discord. We see you. Thank you for what you do. Our community care team are a group of people that literally take time out of their day to meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's text chat, voice chat, video chat. And they're really just investing in people's lives, meeting with people, praying with them giving them wisdom, helping them navigate through situations. And can I tell you, with only a staff, we talk about this all through Waymaker Week, with only a staff of six of us and four of them being pastors, there's no way that we can serve and love everybody. Thank you for the hours that you give up. Thank you for the moments where you're up late on Discord talking with people. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for shepherding, loving, and serving our people. Everyone else might not get to see it, but I see it and God sees it, and we see it, and we honor you. A few more teams I want to highlight. We have our greeters. We have our Discord squad bot, which I'll explain that in a second. Women's ministry and XP group leader. First of all, to our greeters, this one is so crucial. I mentioned people make a decision in the first seven minutes whether they're coming back to the church ever again or not. You, being in the chat, being here in person at the door when we have the doors open, just being a smiling face, Typing in the chat, we're so glad to have you here. People get a feel for what the family of God is supposed to be like before we ever step on the stage. They get to hear from you. They get to see what the community is like. And you might think it's a small thing, but it makes a big difference. We honor you. We see you. To our Discord squad bot, these are, in my opinion, the smartest people I know because they do things that I don't even understand. <laughs> if you don't know what that means... 
Essentially, they have literally created bots in our Discord that can automatically do things that if they hadn't done, we'd probably need 12 people to do them all the time. Automatically sending out you know, uh, uh, things like uh, greetings when people join the Discord, sending updates. You can assign yourself a role. Like I had people join WoW raids by clicking a WoW button, and, psh, and all of a sudden these magical invisible rooms just appear. They've done all these things that literally assist the church in so many important ways. And they might seem like clicking that one button, and now you can see these cool rooms. It might seem small, but these things, like, they take like hours to set up. They take hours to maintain. And when something go, goes wrong, I can't fix it. I'm sh shut the whole Discord down at that point. Like, that'd be my solution. You know what I mean? Like, shut the whole thing down. I don't know how to fix this. And I want to tell you, Myrick and Josh, thank you for using your unique gifts. I'll tell you, when you're in a gamer church, there's so many unique ways to serve God. Thank you for your intelligence. Thank you for your gifts. We see you. You are not a bot. You are a real-life person, and we love you, and we care about you. Thank you so much for what you do. Some of you guys might not know that we're actually in the middle of starting up a women's ministry. There are so many women in our church who, because the gaming community can feel male-dominated, even though it's actually not 48% of gamers are women, believe it or not, but I think most people just, I, I'm guilty of it. I call everyone bro when they come to my chat. Right? I, I, it's, it's a genuine flaw that I'm trying to improve. I know that not everyone obviously is a man in the gaming community, but it's male-dominated. And so oftentimes women can kind of feel isolated or ostracized. I've, I've spoken to women personally that will go a year without admitting that they're a woman because it's just easier to blend in as a man. And then rather than being like ostracized as a woman, I'll tell you, we, we see you. And we're in the midst, a man is in the midst of building a team with Pastor Tammy, Soda Crafter, Spockotastic Danny, and Beth building a women's ministry for the hashtag GGs, the girl gamers, I call them. We've also got some people who maybe your husband's very involved in ministry and has a wife who maybe doesn't game, right? Amanda's one of those. Amanda's not a gamer. So not all of our, game, our you know, community events should be video game uh, related. We see you, and, and we're doing our best to serve you, but we also see the leaders who are starting out to serve this team. We also got the experience group leader. This is vital. This is absolutely vital. Our experience group leaders are a group of people that get together every single week, leading about a group of 10, loving one another, discipling the group, studying the Bible together, going over God's word, building a genuine community of trust, and it's a, it's a time commitment because they don't just meet one hour a week. They are literally an extension of the shepherding, talking to their group throughout the week, praying for one another. I believe that experience groups are the number one form of community and discipleship in our entire church. And as you can see, we only have a few of them. And so I want to say thank you for the sacrifice that you do. It's a commitment. You are committed to your people. You love your people. And we see you and we honor you. And we're so grateful for you. A few more I want to run through with you. Production and kids, thank you so much. Can we give it up for the tech team right now, okay? Who literally... I mean, we wouldn't be having church right now. <laughs> I'd be just standing up here in the darkness. People are like, why? What are you doing? It, 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 like, it physically would not work. It physically, the gospel would not go forth. It, it wouldn't go forth. The story of Jesus would not go forth. It wouldn't be seen. It wouldn't be heard. It wouldn't be noticed if it wasn't for our production team. And you don't know that they, they show up the earliest they show up earlier than the rest of us, unload most of our trailer. We have to set up and tear down every week. We don't, we don't own this building. We're blessed to be able to use it on Saturdays from 9 to 5. And they set up and tear down all the tech. We have people like Thermo. 
who built the platform by hand that the camera is set on, because if it wasn't, you'd see the back of everyone's head, and I'm pretty short anyway, so you'd see like this much of me. You don't understand the hard work that they've done, the sacrifice that they do, so the gospel can be seen, so it can be heard, and the attention to detail that they put in. Man, most people who don't stream and know tech like this, they might, they might not notice it, but I, I notice it, and I see it, and I honor it. Thank you to all of you guys that are in the back of the room. Matty, it's literally behind the camera. I get to be in front of it, you get to be behind it, but it doesn't make me more important than you. It doesn't make me more valuable than you. And for all of you, I honor you. Chloe is not even here today, being trained to do slides and production. We, we see it. We see all of you. They might not see you, but I see you, and I love you, and I honor you. Last but not least, we have those that are involved in our kids' ministry. There's a lot more that are not on that screen because they've already been mentioned in other areas, but we have these two lovely people here that, are, of course, everything's kind of up and down right now, but we know you guys help with the kids' videos, and, and you'll be helping out in person when the ministry is built, and literally children will get to hear about Jesus, and they'll grow up to teach their children what you taught them, and generations will be changed. We know that Lacey's in these videos, and Lacey's not waiting until she's an adult to serve. She's a kid wanting to invest in the lives of, of people, in the lives of children, and guys, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for all the setup and teardown you also help with. Thank you for helping carry that big old platform in and out of the trailer. Thank you for what you do. You might not be on camera, but it doesn't mean you're not seen. I see you, and we honor you, and we thank you. There are so many volunteers so many people that you don't get to see, but you get to see the different areas. You get to see the different people. And together, I want our staff, will you stand to your feet with me? And I want all of us to stand and to honor you. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Before we end, I want to read one last scripture to all of you. It comes from Exodus 17, 8 to 13. We'll read it quickly. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with a staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever Moses lowered his hands, the Amalekites started winning. When Moses' hands grew tired from doing this, they took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on each side of the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame Amalekite, the Amalekite army with the sword. Really quickly, what I want you to understand about this war is that first and foremost, this is, this is God's war. What we do, all of us, volunteer, staff, wherever it might be, we do it because we are fighting alongside of God. We are not the center of attention. We are not the show. We are building God's kingdom. And, and the staff in this story that Moses is holding up, this represents God's power, his authority, his sovereignty. And the reason that Moses needed to hold it up above his head was because it represented God's priority in the war. 
And as long as they kept God high and lifted up, and he was the highest, and he was first and foremost, when he did that, they were winning. But when things got confused and the priorities started shifting and God became lower than other things, they started losing. And first and foremost, what we do is we lift high the name of Jesus. He is our king. He is our priority. And this church will continue to thrive and be healthy if we continue to lift him up. He's the focus. We don't don't get VIP relaxation pods. Jesus sits on a golden throne. We get to serve him. He's our master, and we are his servants. And we are fighting his war, building his church, reaching his people. And this wasn't just any war. This is what was known as a holy war. And as we're wrapping up, I want you to understand some very specific things about what a holy war is. A holy war had very, very specific regulations. I mean, there are things that even the military could and could not do leading up to the time of a war. And the purpose of a holy war was to annihilate an evil culture or win back a land that belonged to God. By definition, those are the purposes of specific holy wars in the Bible. They're not the same as every other war. They had very specific purposes, to annihilate an evil culture. And I believe that together, God is calling us to influence a worldly culture in the gaming community, a culture of toxicity that God's calling us to bring hope and encouragement. In a culture that has so much depression, God's calling us to bring joy. In a culture that has so much anger and division, God's calling us to, be, to bring unity. Holy wars are fought to win back a land that belongs to God. The devil has had his grip on the gaming community for too long. I declare in Jesus' name that as we stand together and fight God's war, we will gain victory over the gaming community for the glory of God. But there are very, very specific regulations, not just about the war, but about those who were able to fight the war. And as we honor all of you, I want you to notice this definition that scholars have written about those who fight in a holy war. The regulations of the army were this. In a holy war, the army needed to be made up entirely, you ready? Of volunteers. Volunteers. The entire volunteer army could not seek personal reward by means of financial compensation. Instead, they were to understand themselves as responding to God's call and not for any other incentives. They were going to war as his agents of justice, not seeking their own advantage. This story is so important because when we read this story, it talks a lot about Moses and him holding up the staff. It gives credit to Moses' staff, Aaron and Hur, who held his arms up. But it doesn't really talk too much about the army. It doesn't talk too much about the people who are sometimes on the ground fighting the war. And as volunteers, I want you to understand your importance. Because without the volunteers, without the army, Exodus 17 isn't about God's victory over the Amalekites. Without the army and the volunteers, Exodus 17 is about a guy holding a stick. That's what it's about. Now I want to be clear. It's God's war. He wins the victory with or without us. He survives without me. When I die, God continues being God. But he chooses to invite us into his story, into his process. And I want to thank you for like 
the Israelite army, like these people, I want to thank you for doing it, not for your own personal gain, but doing it for justice, doing it for your love of God. And together, we see you. We honor you. I know for all of us, 2020 has knocked the wind out of you. But I want to encourage you today. If you are still breathing, keep on fighting. Keep on pushing. The stakes are too high. We've got a kingdom to build, souls to save, lives to restore, marriages to heal, lives to empower, people to reach, and a God to serve. There's too much at stake for us to quit now. If you're still breathing, keep on fighting. What you do matters. We see it, and we honor it. And today, all of us together, we've come to give honor where honor is due. No matter who you are, no matter what you do for our church, thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your volunteer hours. Thank you together for building the kingdom of God. Together, I want to pray that God will bless you, that God will honor you, and that God will help all of us together to continue to build this kingdom. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much that we get to play a part of your story. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would remind every person, whether they feel seen or unseen, remind them that you see them. Remind them that you love them. Remind them that you cherish them. And God, I pray today you'd give strength to the weary. God, I pray that you'd help us to keep fighting the good fight. What we do matters. We're doing it why? Because we're reaching people. People's lives are being impacted. Every person matters, which means every position matters. Everything that we do is to honor the name of Jesus, to build his kingdom. And God, we're fighting this war alongside you. It doesn't matter how outnumbered we look. It doesn't matter how unqualified we feel. Through the power of the living God, we're fighting your war. We're building your kingdom. And we thank you in advance that we've been chosen that we get to play a part, and we thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege of what it means to be followers of Christ, to be used by God to make a difference. And God, we commit our lives, whether in a staff or a volunteer position, we commit our lives in service to our King. This is your war, and we put you in the position above all of us, above all that we do, above all that we have. Like Moses did, we raise you high and lift it up. And we ask you today to continue to make our efforts worthwhile as we honor you and reach people for Christ. I pray today everyone feels blessed, that everyone feels seen, and that everyone feels honored. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, will we give it up and show honor to everyone involved? Amen. <laughs>